You're listening to English with Monty, the podcast about the English language. Talking about common errors when a learner's first language is Dutch. Hello there and welcome to English with Monty. We're moving on to episode number 47 and I've got a really special guest today. I've got Tessa who's from the Netherlands. Hi Tessa, how are you doing? Hi John, good afternoon. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing really well, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. Sure. It's really cool to have you on here because we met in London, didn't we? When was it now? Was it back in February? I think it was back in February. Yes, that's correct. During our classes, right? Exactly. Yeah. You came over to the conversation group and you were in London for a few months. It was really cool that you came along. I guess we got on really well from the start. That was good news. Definitely. Thank you for inviting me, John. It was really nice to see you in uh, in London. Very glad because when I was trying to start learn English, I was listening to your podcasts and then I found out that you were actually in London live there with people to practice your English actually. And now we are here. I can recommend everybody when they are starting to learn English or they are already speaking English to come to London and to enjoy the club. Thank you very much. Free <laughs> advertising there. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I, I didn't it's tell sincere. you to do that before the meeting, did I? But thank you. I really appreciate <laughs> that. That's great. I guess the idea was today to talk about common English errors as a Dutch native speaker, which you are, of course. Mm -hmm. And I kind of did another episode with Gideon about basically French speakers. So anybody who has native French language, the common English errors they would make. We're going to have a look at Cambridge document just to see whether you agree with it, really, and whether you've experienced that. Because you're from Eindhoven, right? Yes, I was born actually in the south of the Netherlands, but I'm mm -hmm. raised near Eindhoven. Yes, so that's correct. I'm a native speaker in Dutch. <laughs> I mean, in terms of people around you, do a lot of people speak English? Dutch tend to be very good at English. Yeah, I think so. I think it's also because it's necessary to improve and to learn your English at school, at your primary school, I guess, mm -hmm. and at high school as well. So I think that's the case why a lot of people in the Netherlands are speaking English very well. I read somewhere that something like 95% of Dutch people say they speak English, which is incredible, really, isn't it? Mm -hmm. If you compare it to other countries, I guess it is. But I think it's also during the fact that, for example, Spain is the most speaking language around the world, isn't it? I don't know. I suppose it depends how you measure it. Probably by native speakers. And if you exclude China, I would say so. Yes. Oh, yeah, indeed. I should imagine that's probably the case. So for us, it's more common to just learn English, I guess. I guess that's the thing, <laughs> but I'm not sure. What would you say would be the reason for the success or why people are so good at English? Is it simply because of the education or is it people consciously want to get involved and communicate with other countries? What would you say the reasons are? I would okay. say it's the education. Yes, definitely. Why is that? Is it just the way your teachers present the language so it makes it easier for you to learn? Or I think it's necessary to learn English mm -hmm. already at primary school. That's a really important difference that at young age, you're already trying to speak English, improving it. And then when you grow up, it's on yourself, whether you would like to improve your English or just study another language. I think it's up to you. 
education is necessary in the Netherlands to learn English most of the schools. I guess people see the importance of it and therefore that's a motivating factor, is it? Yeah, I totally agree. Because we were briefly speaking about Sesame Street. I mean, maybe one other factor, because you said you watched Sesame Street when you were younger. I guess that wouldn't have been dubbed, right? So it would have just been in English language? Sesame Street? What's that? With the Cookie Monster, no? Oh, <laughs> you changed oh, the name. <laughs> but is that also in English, you one? Yeah, in English, we would say Sesame Street. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. <laughs> okay, no, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I only saw Sesame Street in the Dutch language. So I'm convinced that when I was young and I watched it in English, I would be speaking better English. But no, I only watch it in Dutch. That's really interesting for me because quite often I feel as if countries are better at English if things are not dubbed. So when things are in the original English language... That's often when I feel it can be better for the country in terms of English, at least. But it's not the case with you. So <laughs> that means that theory is out of the window. We'll but it's very logical. I like your way of thinking. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's just an interesting one because I've kind of seen it particularly maybe between Portugal and Spain. Mm -hmm. Like in Portugal, they don't dub things as far as I know. So if you have an English language film, it will always be in English rather than being in Portuguese as in people speaking over the top of the actors. Whereas mm -hmm. in Spain, they would dub them. Usually Portuguese people have a lot better idea of English in comparison to Spanish people. And I often argue that that's one of the big reasons. But obviously in the Netherlands, that doesn't seem to be the case. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, but my mind is starting to think about the fact that why is it that in the Netherlands, most of the people are speaking English a bit more than in other countries? But... I would say it's education and secondly, because a lot of young people, young professionals are studying. I assume that in other countries, they are also like studying, but then in another language. Maybe it's to do with wanting to work more internationally or yeah. maybe a factor is because of the countries that surround you. Maybe that uh -huh. can be one of the best ways to communicate. And it depends as well to your personal preferences. Because if you don't see the value in speaking English, then I can imagine that why you would learn it, right? Of course, people obviously must be very motivated, I guess, in the Netherlands. And maybe also, I guess there are quite a few similarities between the two languages. So maybe that can make it easier for people as well. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. Definitely. We'll have a look at spelling, first of all. Like last time when we did this with Gideon, it was a bit hopeless, actually, to be honest. Are any of these particular words you feel as if you would spell them wrongly how they write them here can you pick any of them out so we've got success successful which until pollution interested embarrassing because very in children and according to cambridge they think some dutch speakers would get these wrong in terms of spelling do you agree i totally agree with all of them not with all of them but most of them yes but okay. I think it has to do with my spelling uh, issues. Ah, okay, nice. I mean, I guess nowadays with spell check, is it relevant? I don't know. We have spell check on computers, don't we? So Fair enough. But sometimes it's just like, all right, is it interested or interested? So mm -hmm. it's just in your mind that you're doubting about it. But then when you type it in, indeed, most of the time spelling control is helping you. Yes, but... <laughs> Okay, so interested is definitely an issue. Yeah. 
you miss out the e after the t um, yeah interested because i guess you're kind of spelling it how it's pronounced which is fair enough yeah in the netherlands you said interessere and in the english language you're like interested so there's an extra e yeah yeah It's very similar to the Dutch, and so Mm -hmm. that's where the confusion comes from. That's right. And any of those other words that you would get wrong quite often? It's like the same with children, right? You know, I looked at children, and I was thinking, that looks very Dutch, with the way it's spelled, with adding an extra E. Yeah, that's correct. Ah, Because in Dutch, you'd have a similar word, and then you would have an extra E in there? In Dutch, it's kinderen. So I think it's less similar than, for example, interesting, interessere. Mm-hmm. But what I see is that interested and children, it's like the confusion is very high because mm. here is children mm-hmm. without an E after the D. Of course. So you have to know it because when you speak it, you would say there will be an E after the D. Yeah, you're normally putting the E after the D and before the R. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you have to consciously think about removing that one. Okay. Yeah. Sure. The which one, I mean, in French, we decided that wasn't the case. Do you ever not put a H after the W? Well, I remember that on primary school, we had like a list of this, mm. uh, of words who are mostly spelled wrong in our language. Mm-hmm. And which was also part of it. Mm. And I remember that which with an H is then you can choose which is it that or this, this or that. But when you have without an H, it's like a woman with a hat and a not so nice woman, isn't it? Not such a nice woman. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you describe that. Not such a nice woman. So my teacher was a witch. Yeah, um, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you've got to put a T in there as well. But you're absolutely right. There's no H in a witch, a not so nice woman. So W-I-T-C-H. And it sounds obviously exactly the same. That's clearly going to be a bit confusing, I guess. Definitely. And the same as success, for example, in the Netherlands, it's the same word with Mm. one S. And Uh... in English, it's a double S. So that's also confusing. Okay, so success and successful, you would often spell with just one S. Yeah, okay. correct. So you got to be sure to do that one, double up on the S's. Yeah. Until, would you normally put two Same. L's? So all yeah. of these seem pretty correct. So I'm quite happy. And, and that's during the fact that, for example, successful, mm-hmm. you would say double L and then until also double L. But that's ah. not correct. <laughs> so always one L. <laughs> Well, but I suppose that's quite an easy one to make a mistake with, because obviously we have the word full, which does have yeah. double L. So it does seem a bit weird not to have a double L, doesn't it, in a mm-hmm. way? I guess we have till. Until is a bit confusing because you would have on a shop front, you'd say eight till six. And if you say till without the un, you'd have a double mm-hmm. L. So that is oh, quite yeah, of confusing. Course. Yeah. Pollution with one L. Thing. I would say that's okay. That's not yeah. in particular an error no i don't think so embarrassing with one s instead of two yeah you have to know that right (laughs) that's some kind of spelling that you just have to know in your mind and then you will never forget hopefully same in dutch you have like verrassen it's Mm. translation of surprising verrassen has also double r and double s that's actually in embarrassing as well double r double s I would think a lot of native speakers would actually get that wrong as well. I think a lot of people who are learning 
English would get it wrong in terms of spelling. Double R, double S, and accommodation is another one. I don't know if you've ever noticed this when you've been traveling, mm-hmm. but it's always double C and double M. And even native speakers get that wrong as well. They will only put one M. That is a very <laughs> common error. If you go traveling around the world, you see that error so much. Oh, I'm yeah. going to look out for that one. Honestly, look out for it. I mean, you probably see it in Britain or the States and stuff because it's a common mistake. Good to know. Indeed, yes. (laughs) It is a bit confusing though, isn't it? Because you got double of both. So yeah, it kind of feels a bit too much, doesn't it? But they are there. Cuss with an O. I wouldn't say that's an error, I guess. Because because is a very common word within the English language. Mm -hmm. Same as very, very big, very small. I guess it's the basic of the English language. That word you might have seen a lot of times. Exactly. It's a very commonly used word, isn't it? It's probably pretty unusual for people to get it wrong, isn't it? Yeah. What about two and two? So two with one O or two with two O's? Definitely a common confuse. So a lot of people would say too much with just one O. Yeah. This week I was working and a colleague of me was writing too much or too much with one O. And I was thinking, hey, that's a double O. And that was confusing. <laughs> but you spotted the error. So that's good. Yeah. So that's a good thing. But there's still a confusion. Sounds like a common one, that one. That's yeah. interesting. Absolutely. How is that for you in the English language? Well, I don't think people really get that one wrong. I think it would be pretty rare for people to get that wrong. I don't know, I suppose because of the fact that you putting it with too much or too many or with an adjective, for some reason, it doesn't really come up as a mistake because I think Mm -hmm. people are so used to what it goes with. And obviously, if you just have two on its own, it's typically with a verb or obviously it's like a preposition. I don't think native speakers tend to make a mistake on that one. Hmm, That's interesting. It is interesting because some things with double S, double R, that could be a thing. But that one, I don't think so. People will start writing in now and say, oh, I make this mistake mm-hmm. all the time. Hopefully not. But yeah, <laughs> not, not in my experience anyway. Okay, good to know. Also to confuse live with life. Oh, that's an interesting one. <laughs> yes, I feel that every time that I'm using that word, I have to think twice. Is it live or life? Ah. And I know that there is a difference and what a difference I know as well, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes <Okay>. not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I have to constantly just double check which one it is, actually. Definitely. Ah. Why do you think that that becomes an error? Because you pronounce it the same. No, that's not correct. Sorry. That's not correct. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do you? No, no. My whole life, live life. I think you do have a point there, because if you say live, as in live sport, then you would uh-huh. pronounce it fairly similar, right? Because it's live and life. Obviously, if you're using the verb, then no, but here, I guess it's a noun, right? In that case, you are correct. They're more or less the same, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, I'm that. also thinking in life, then it's on live television. So yeah, you live know, Live. But as a noun, you say, I live here. As a verb. I live yeah, here. as a verb. That's confusing as well. So you have life. It's on live television. Yep. I live here. It's a verb. And then my whole life, I have been living here. Yeah, that's correct. Because <laughs> you're saying throughout my life, as in the noun. That's totally right. Phew. Live, live, life. So that seems to be an issue. Yeah. 
Prepositions. Ooh, I think prepositions are always quite tricky for anybody、yeah. learning English. Yeah. Would you agree with all of these? For example, he wanted his team to be the best of the world. So in English, we would say in the world. So in Dutch, you would say also in. I wouldn't agree with that one. Yeah. Okay, so this one's wrong. When I came back in England, in English we would say to England. My host family told me a parcel had arrived for me. I totally agree on that one because in the Netherlands you would say back in as well, terugkomen in. Okay. Yeah. But do you understand why it's a mistake to say in? Because you're coming back to something. Because it's kind of movement. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. there's movement. Yeah. So usually, if we're using movement, we would use to, because you're moving from one place to another. Cool. That's definitely a one. So last Friday we had a party of one of my colleagues. So in English we would say for one of my colleagues. So that is a mistake. No, in the Netherlands you would say for as well. Afgelopen vrijdag had ik een feestje voor mijn collega's. Oh no, that's not correct. Last Friday we had a party for one of my colleagues. Of one of my colleagues. Oh, sorry, I was a little bit confused. I would say that's a confusing as well、mm. because last Friday we had a party. Of one of my colleagues, I would say that, yeah, because it's a quick translation of "fun." I would say that's a confusing one. So sometimes you would say "for," sometimes you would say "of." In this situation,、mm -hmm. it can be an issue. Hi, I'm Guillaume, and I'm from France. Episode twenty-five is my favorite of the series. In this installment, John and Guillaume give insights into writing proficiently. How to avoid being ambiguous by choosing your words carefully and expanding your vocabulary. The proper use of commas in sentence structure is also looked into. If you want to give nuance to your expression, I definitely recommend this episode. I am not only writing for my family's behalf, or in English we would say on my family's behalf, but also on behalf of the whole neighborhood. Would you say for in this case? That's a difficult one. I'm not only writing for my family's behalf, but also on behalf of the whole neighborhood. I would say it's confusing because writing for you would say in the Netherlands, I for for my family and not on. That's a confusing one. I think prepositions usually are quite confusing. Cambridge in this case seems ninety percent right, maybe seventy-five percent right. Not too bad. But it's only such a small word. It will have such a large impact on your sentence or on the meaning what you are trying to say. Well, yes and no. I guess the purpose of doing this is just to say to people, okay, these are potential mistakes. But a lot of the time, if people are making these mistakes, it doesn't make a huge difference necessarily to your understanding. Native speakers are still going to understand what you're saying. Really,、mm. it's just more a case of polishing it. Becoming a bit more accurately like a native speaker, I guess, and just being conscious of what errors they are, and the fact that a lot of people do make them consistently. You know, I don't know how you feel about this, but yeah, honestly, this is not to think. Oh my God, I'm getting it slightly wrong. They're not. They're not going to understand me. They're going to look at no, me like I'm a weirdo. <laughs> you're right, but I think that I'm making those mistakes a lot of times. What you're saying, it's not like necessary to understand the other person because you know what I'm trying to say. But if you、yeah. are looking in deeper, then it's actually better to use the right preposition. So I totally agree on that. That you can just tell a story without using the right prepositions. And I think for me, it's actually very difficult to just 
recognize it by myself. Yeah, sure. I think for a lot of people as well, particularly with prepositions, it's very natural to just use the preposition you would use in your own language. Yeah, you know, indeed. And I think everybody does that. It's just a case of identifying the times when that doesn't work. Hopefully, by the looks of it, there aren't too many of those times. Just focusing on it, of course, it doesn't make a huge difference. I mean, that comes on to another one because you say make a mistake. Did you ever say do a mistake or have you always said make a mistake? Here it's identifying make and do as being a bit of a confusion. Yes, it's also related to the Dutch language. You make a mistake, not you do a mistake. Mm. Can you say that in the English? You don't do a mistake. No, you would always make a mistake. Oh, yeah. Okay. So in Dutch, you would say make a mistake. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So that one works. But in some cases, you would say, I don't know, would you make exercises? Because that's the example they're giving here. Would you say make exercises instead of do exercises in terms of like homework exercises? Yeah, in terms of when you are doing your homework, you're making your homework. That's the translation of the Netherlands. You're making your homework, but actually you're doing exercises, doing your homework, right? That's great. Doing an activity. I think, honestly, with this one, it's not unique to Dutch. I think a lot of nationalities would have that confusion. Lucky us. We are not the only one. (laughs) Definitely not. I mean, it's quite a tricky one because I guess it's more do an activity is the typical idea and then make in order to create something. I refer everybody to my make and do episode. Oh, you have a whole episode of that. I do, yes. Oh, my Uh, God. Okay. Great. (laughs) If you get confused by it, just have a listen to that and hopefully that will help. Definitely. Thanks for the tip. And get. So this country has decided to make sure that all households get drinkable water. I think it's boat rides, isn't it? Yeah. In English, we wouldn't say get. We would always use have in this case. This country has decided to make sure that all households have drinkable water. Oh, yeah. I agree. Have drinkable water. And when they get it, they are getting it. They are getting drinkable water tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Okay, great. Conditionals and the present perfect. I think I've noticed the present perfect can be a problem sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Do you hear it in my language? I do sometimes. (laughs) I have noticed it. I've picked up on it. Because you would often use the present simple, would you? Like, for example, Mm -hmm. if you say, I am in England... For three months, whereas you should be saying, I have been in England for three months. Is that a common error? Oh, yeah, definitely. You have to be aware of the grammar. Very much so. Present perfect, again, is a tricky one, but it's always thinking, okay, if it started in the past and it continues now in terms mm-hmm. of a time frame, you cannot use the present simple. That's definitely a common error for a few people. Let's come up with a few different ones here. You've got can and could, will and would, are and were, and are and have been are and have been we've kind of spoken about that one but also as well the other one that you use the present perfect maybe when you shouldn't so it has been set up by a team of swiss journalists whereas in english we would say it was set up you'd kind of mix them backwards if that makes sense yeah i agree with that i would say my friend told me that you could train me because could would be a polite form Ah. but It's actually in the past, so you can also use can in this sentence. Exactly. I guess could is not appropriate in this Mm -hmm. case, because I suppose you're just talking about the verb rather than being polite, as in you have the ability to do that. 
could is not necessary because yeah it seems like a past in this context yeah john how would you transform this sentence in a polite sentence way so my friend told me that you can train me but then Mm -hmm. transfer it to a polite good question i mean that is fairly polite anyway maybe just change the verbs around a little bit my friend mentioned that you were able to train me oh yeah you are able to train me i should use the present really you would use to be able to to make it a bit more formal make it a bit more polite tell can be a little bit direct sometimes so maybe you'd say mention or something similar to that so it's a bit less direct i guess interesting good one so that's helped you maybe to change the way you would say something like that perhaps definitely the next one yeah you're talking about it will be fantastic so in english we say it would be fantastic if there were more trees in the high street in dutch you might say are more trees in the high street this is second conditional do you think a lot of dutch people would get this wrong (laughs) definitely really (laughs) yeah yeah it's so recognizable this I have practiced this a lot of times during my high school, but I'm still not using it in a correct way. <laughs> That's interesting. It would be fantastic if there were more trees in the high street instead of it will be fantastic if there are more trees in the high street. It's indeed a common fault. Okay. And why do you think it's a common fault? Is it because in Dutch that would translate to a future and then a present? The sentence is just like the same the same meaning but if you know more about the grammar then you know that when it's about the future or you want to imagine something it would be fantastic then you are using would instead of will i think the meaning of the sentence will be the same Mm -hmm. but when you understand the grammar then you would know then you will know and now i'm (laughs) now it's becoming a bit tricky yeah but then you would say how it's written here. Yes. Yeah. People just maybe have to think about this a bit more and think, okay, I need a word. I need to think about the past, even though it doesn't refer to the past. Because I think that's really confusing in English when we have the second conditional and after the if section, we put a were like as in the past simple. And that's weird, isn't it? Because we're referring to the present or the future, but we're using the past grammatically. So yeah, that is pretty confusing. Yes. <laughs> you're like i don't know what to say to yeah that. you're right <laughs> <laughs> you're like sure whatever <laughs> <laughs> no no but i know for myself i really have to be aware of how you build and i'm not sure if people who are listening to the podcast now and also speak dutch that it's sometimes really confusing when you are using different words mm-hmm. but actually the meaning of the sentence is the same Are you agreeing with me, John, when I say it would be fantastic if there were more trees in the high street? And when I say it will be fantastic if there are more trees in the high street, actually, you're just saying it would be fantastic when there are more streets in the high street or were. So the sentence or the meaning will be actually the same, but the grammar will tell you the correct way to pronounce Exactly. It is all about the grammar, isn't it? But I suppose, obviously, if you're listening to it, it makes sense, as in people would totally understand what somebody was saying by using will and are. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't sound hypothetical. Not having the word and not having the word doesn't sound like something that's hypothetical. It's possible to use both in a way, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's a tricky one. It just depends on the context, doesn't it? And what you want yeah, to express, indeed. really. We'll move on to the last few. Yeah, sure. Learners often confuse nouns in set phrases. For example, this problem is solved already because of the 200 extra parking places. Dutch person would apparently say places instead of spaces. Would that be right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that would be one. right because place is quite similar to the Dutch word mm -hmm. and base is just another word. It always comes back to the fact that you or have the grammar in your mind or the vocabulary. So I guess that's the thing. I would say extra parking places instead of spaces. Yeah. So that's definitely a thing. Always parking spaces in English. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that they feel better in the nature than in a zoo. So in English, we would say in the wild. Well, the translation to the Netherlands is like wild is the same. I think it can be both. So in the nature, the Netherlands would say that, but in wild as well. So it depends what you're trying to say. Okay. Because I guess yeah. in English as well, we would always just say in nature. So we wouldn't say the. Oh, no. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose it really depends on the context, this one, doesn't it? I mean, oh, often... indeed. Because here you have the. Yes. The. Yeah. So yeah, the yeah. Netherlands would say in the nature instead of in the wild. Now I understand. But I guess as well here, I suppose it's talking about either being looked after domestically or in the wild. So it's creating that contract. Whereas I guess nature is more of a general idea, like as in the forest, the seeds, mm -hmm. etc. Next one. So if the reliability decreases, the amount of complaints will increase. So in English, we would say the number, but honestly, native speakers get this wrong. Do Dutch people get this wrong? It depends. Can you do this sentence wrong? It depends on the context, right? It does really, yeah. I mean, I suppose with this one, it's more about whether you count something or not. So, I mean, you could say an amount of sugar, because obviously, yeah, you can't count sugar, but then mm -hmm. a number of complaints, because you can count the complaints. Oh, yeah, of course. Could be that Dutch speakers are uh, making a mistake about this one. Okay. But I would say that the parking places or parking spaces would be the first one in my mind. That's number one mistake. Yeah, that's the number one. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. We've gone through loads. I don't want to make you bored or anything. I do have a couple more. I'm going to go through them very quickly and you just tell me whether you agree or not. So, yeah, sure. yeah apparently Dutch people would say yes and no, and they won't say yes, I do or no, I don't. Is that right? Yeah, that's like, correct. Do you know why in English we tend to add something on it? I think it's a polite way. Yeah, it's kind of a polite way. And also, I suppose it encourages conversation. Yeah. I so... agree on that. And in the Netherlands, we are very direct and very quick. And we're just yes, no. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That could be an explanation of why we are answering yes or no and not yes, I do. So that's an important one to look out for, isn't it? In English, we would add something extra because otherwise it seems a bit abrupt. Mm -hmm. So maybe I do it soon. So in English, we would say maybe I'll do it soon. It's saying that you don't use the future sometimes in that situation. And the first one was? Maybe I do it soon. So that apparently is what Dutch um, people would say. I guess so. Indeed, now I think about it. Maybe I do it soon. Yes. But it's actually, I will do it soon because you're going to do it in the future. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's like spontaneous or emphasis, I guess. I'll probably just do one last one. I've noticed that actually, so I'm having an idea. Whereas in English, we would say, I have an idea. 
I've noticed a few times that you would use the continuous form. Most of the time we would use the present form. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so confrontating when you are asking those questions because I'm all the time thinking, oh, yeah, I could say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's false. <laughs> yeah, it's not really a, an issue, I guess. I find it quite endearing, to be honest, when people will use the continuous form instead of the simple form. Is that a direct translation? Is that the reason why... Dutch people would tend to use the continuous form instead of the present simple. When you translate it to Dutch, you would say, I have an idea. It happened mm. either. But it's in the sense of enthusiasm. I'm having an idea. I'm still having it. <laughs> okay, nice. It seems a consistent one, that one. As I said, it's not a big deal, but I guess it's just a common mistake. But could you say having as a continuous, is that even possible in the English language? Yeah, you can. I mean, as long as you're thinking about an action idea. So you could say I'm having lunch, for example. Oh, yeah. Having a shower. I mean, I guess a lot of the time have is not an action verb. But yeah, you can on occasions, of course, use that as an action verb. In fact, I did an episode on that recently with stative verbs that you can change to a continuous form. It is possible to do that in the right situation, definitely. Hmm, interesting to know. Yeah, definitely. I think that comes a bit Maybe for some people, a bit of a higher level because it can be a little bit confusing. That's it, really. Thanks very much for joining me, Tessa. I really appreciate the fact that you came on today and that's been really great. I hope that's very good for all those Dutch listeners out there or Dutch speakers. Hopefully that helps them out. Yeah, sure. I hope all the Dutch speakers are agreed with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they will do. If they don't, I'll forward the messages when they don't yeah, agree. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Let me know. I would say last one shout out, if I may, John. Yes, of course. you're trying to learn your English or improve your English, I found out that podcasts are really a good way for me to improve my English because I'm hearing the conversations. It's like active listening and thinking, okay, what would I say and reflecting on yourself. I found out that podcasts, listening and especially of John is really helping me to improve English on a wider perspective. Just wanted to give that tip to all of your listeners. Wonderful. Thank you. I really didn't tell her to say this. This is amazing. <laughs> no, Thank but you, I'm, I'm just sincere. When something is working out, then I really like to share that experience with other people. And when you are in a busy schedule and then busy times, and when you are driving in a car, for example, or just walking, you're just being efficient. I like being efficient. So I really like to share my thoughts about it. That's the mm. reason why. <laughs> but honestly, that's wonderful. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Thank you for inviting me any time if this hasn't scared you off you can come back if you like <laughs> you're always welcome thanks again for your testimonial as well that's on one of our episodes too that was great i think for some people they'd be excited about the fact that they know a bit more about you now rather than just a testimonial i mm -hmm. think that's great too keep on with your english because it's very good and you don't make too many dutch errors so oh okay no we keep on going john thank you so much <laughs> yes indeed you're welcome you've been listening to english with monty thanks for listening to english with monty for bonus episodes sessions with the teacher and discounts through our website please sign up at patreon.com forward slash english with monty or you can join us for our English conversation group in London at meetup.com forward slash Monty English conversation.